All right, welcome to Lit Club, everyone. Um, this is our podcast that we've Woo. been doing uh, since the Standards Project, um, covering Standards One Point, all those two <laughs> and four. Um, and we thought it'd make sense to just cover Standard Three as well. Um, just a rundown of what we're going to do today. We're going to do a podcast. We're going to do a lesson, um, and then we're going to come back, discuss what's happened in the lesson to kind of connect it to the standards as well. Um, so I guess it's just best to dive right in um, and talk about what we're gonna be covering as far as standards three. Uh, so I'm gonna start for standard 3.1. It says, under, understand types of assessments and their purposes, strengths, and limitations. So I thought that it'd be best to talk about assessments when paired with strategies. Um, although they're not the same thing, it kind of goes hand in hand um, and teachers can use strategies to assess their students. Um, so in my book that is in my backpack, <laughs> um, it's called uh, Learning Practices for Teachers or something like that relating to ELL, ELL students um, by Brown. He says that there's two types of strategies, learning strategies and communication strategies. So learning strategies is how someone processes things and how it takes how they take in information, while communication strategies is how they express that information. So again, it is through these types of assessments and in more more specifically, informal assessments, um, they'll be useful in tracking the ongoing progress of whatever a student is working on. Um, so through these types of strategies, assessments, things like that, teachers can target specific problem areas, adapt instruction, and even intervene as soon as possible before it gets worse. Um, I specifically, again, wanna talk about uh, performance-based assessments as well, and how they promote this wide range of responses. Don't typically produce one single answer, or even a correct answer, um, and therefore evaluation of the student performances and what they do, things like that, has to be based on teacher just judgment um, and whatever criteria they use. And I wanna hit on that a little bit as well, just because it's kind of a hit or miss with that, um, just because it can be good, it can be bad, just depending on the teacher. Um, and things like reading with partners, retelling stories, role-playing, oral reports, are all assessments that you can use in your classroom. Yeah, going off of that, um, I was going to talk about standard 3.3, which says use assessment information to plan and evaluate instruction. So uh, basically, like additionally to what Kevin said, um, using those assessments to modify your lesson plans either while you're teaching them. So if you're doing a formative assessment within the lesson and your students aren't getting it, then you know that you need to circle back and maybe spend longer teaching things than you had originally planned. Um, but then additionally, I was reading an article called, called Using Formative Assessment to Help English Language Learners, and, and it talked about the need to separate um, assessment from assessing literacy and assessing content. And so you need to be able to be aware of if your assessments are um, essentially unfairly assessing your student. You know, are you judging them that they don't know the content, but really they don't understand the question or they don't know how to answer the question. Or um, are they unable to show their literacy because they don't understand that the, the content that you're using? And so, yeah, it's just a really important thing to learn how to assess both of those separately so that you can figure out what in your uh, instruction needs to change. You know what I mean? And that leads in really well to teacher quality standard four, uh, yeah, which states teachers demonstrate that they analyze student learning development and growth and apply what they learn to improve their practices. So uh, what I took from this uh, standard was in according to our relating it to our lesson 
um, or into assessment is you need to understand how the data reflects what you're teaching and how to interpret that data. Um, one article that I read uh, refers to how data can influence how we teach as well as where and what we review, readjust, and reteach. So this is just like talking about how to adjust the learning and support accordingly. And then another or another cool thing I learned from this article was you need to get curious about contradictions and take actions about those contradictions. For example, if you have a straight A student who bombs a test, um, kind of look at maybe the content wasn't the reason for that uh, mm -hmm. failing of the test. Maybe they are a nervous test taker. So being able to analyze uh, the data that um, you receive from all of these uh, different methods um, is really crucial in how you uh, teach, therefore. Yeah, and I think a good example will be what Sadie and Mark will be doing in a few seconds is teaching a lesson and showing us what that looks like in relation to these standards. So Mark and Sadie, you guys want to take it away? Awesome. Um, really quick, can I have somebody read the objective we have up there? Thank you. So what is point of view exactly? There's like five different points of view. First person, second person, third person, third person limited, third person mission. Do these any bring about you guys? So how can um, point of view affect a text then? So in what ways does including things intentionally or leaving things out intentionally affect the text, do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? Okay. Same. Um, so you guys should have at your table a slip of paper with one of the characters from the one. And we figured that most of you would be pretty familiar with the one. Um, but just in case you aren't, there is a plot summary and a character description for your character. Um, also, we have you to get to move from the best table so that you're able Thank you. Um, but like Mark talked about, point of view can really affect how we perceive a story. And it's essentially from the perspective of whoever is telling the story is how you're reading it. Or, so like Mulan is told through the perspective of Mulan. So we thought it would be interesting for you guys to switch up the point of view and reimagine Mulan through the character that's on your paper. So you guys are going to have a little bit of time to work in your groups and talk about how you want to go about doing that, but just writing together like a short paragraph or a couple of sentences depicting like a scene or emotion through <coughs> the perspective, like the point of view of the character that you have. So are there any questions before we get started with that? Okay, cool. So, let's see. You guys have a couple of minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> 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 
Libraries. Mm -hmm. You can check it out for five days, I think. It's going to be interesting to see how they can do the assessment in such a small I'm excited to see it. Well, I mean, like, if you do the full five minutes, it'll put us at all Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But also, we had a lot of information and five minutes to get it in. So we just did the best that we could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll come more naturally in the second half, where we debrief. Yeah. We would. We should continue this. I agree. All the way. <laughs> can we steal your idea? <laughs> Your, yours and Stacy's idea. I won't say it because it's recording. <laughs> we can have them as guests. We can have them as guests. We can come on. My gosh, a sound booth and everything. That'd be amazing. We could get sponsors. So is microphones? Not microphones, the headphones that all the official podcasters wear. Yeah. <laughs> And also other people say, like, are you guys going to continue the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. We should. <laughs> Did we publish it on Spotify? Yeah, it's on Spotify. <laughs> oh, Natalie listened to it. Follow us on Spotify. Click. <laughs> Type it in. Okay. It We're going to come back really quick. It doesn't really matter if you're finished. Um, we just want to talk about, it, like, what you guys talked about in your groups and how it's different from the actual, like, moving on. So what were some things you guys talked about? Yeah. Um, so we had, oh my gosh, what is his name? Mitchie. Mitchie. Yeah. Um, and we figured that he would bring a lot more humor and sarcasm and like even more side commentary. And um, it mentioned that he helped Mulan, or he helped save Mulan several times throughout the film, so we felt like if he was telling the story of Mulan, he would make it this huge deal. And he's like, look, I saved her. She's going to have saved all of China had not been for me. And like, yeah. 
kind of turned it more into his story of how he was like accepted back into the ancestors through Mulan instead of him helping Mulan. So he would have been like the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What about other groups? What else did you guys have about? Yeah, it's like way less about Mulan and that whole thing. It's just kind of like a yeah. structurally about the story and tonally about the story. The story wasn't called Mulan, but it was called Mushu or Fawcett or whatever. What do you guys think would change? Like you guys said that there'd be more comedy in it. Mm -hmm. I feel like if maybe with the father, it'd probably be more serious. How about you guys? I think so too, yeah. I think without Mulan, his character arc wouldn't be filled, right? His perspective is kind of centered on Mulan. What do you guys think about Mulan's perspective as a whole? How does it contribute to the story? I mean, literally, without Mulan, there is no Mulan, right? Without Mulan, the character, there is no Mulan the story. Um, all right, so I just kind of want to go over and brief everything that we did. Can somebody read the objective one last time? I can determine the different points of view in Disney's Mulan. Yeah, so um, so we went through the podcast and then we went through this lesson and you guys got to discuss in your groups about a different point of view in Mulan and then we discussed as a whole about that. Um, and then now uh, we'll move into kind of the pros and cons of this lesson. So the pros is that it provides a way to assess students' understanding and point of view. It also provides um, opportunity for students to practice creative writing, love stakes assessment that allows for collaboration, and the collaboration can help struggling students to better understand difficult concepts. Do you want to come over here so we can talk about that? <laughs> oh, I, thought you, I thought you wanted me to go over it. Wait, Sherry, real quick. Before we end the lesson, please. Um, can we do like a thumbs up, thumbs down check-in with the objective? Like, do you think you understand it? Thumbs up? Are you still struggling with it? Thumbs down? Okay, cool. Thank you. Okay, so as Mark was saying, uh, we're going to go ahead and debrief um, what was going on in this lesson and how it relates to the standards. Um, love that you guys are super awake um, <laughs> <laughs> and that we can have audience participation. So be more awake because we'll go ahead and open this at the end of this to questions that you guys may have about what this looks like or what this may not look like or things like that. Um, so Mark, can you go ahead and dive a little bit deeper into 
what are the pros and cons of this lesson? How does it relate to the standards themselves? Yeah, um, it's mostly um, a way of understanding where students are in their understanding of this particular content, which is point of view. Um, again, the assessment is low stakes for collaboration, and that collaboration can help struggling students um, with working with students who do understand the group. Right. Um, and then our cons, which we'll talk about, our group work does not always reflect the learning level of mastery for every student in the group. Um, and I think Sadie's going to touch on that later. Um, but yeah. So when you talk about low stakes, what do you mean by a low stakes assessment? Well, like Sadie said, when she when we finished, it's like it's okay if it's if you're not finished. We just wanted this is more about thinking rather than doing. Right. We want students to think about the content. It's not about producing something. So it kind of takes away, like she kind of talked about test anxiety. Mm -hmm. It kind of takes away some of that anxiety yeah. for the students because they know that it's not a make or break activity. For yeah, them. there's no surprise yeah. pop quiz on the vocab of point of view or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything else? Cool. Um, next question. Yeah. yeah. Or did you have? It's the next Great. <laughs> yeah. So I was just wondering how would you guys use this information that you got to, like, if this was a real classroom and you were actually teaching this lesson to a group of students, how would you use this information to influence the rest of your teaching, either the rest of the class period or the year? Yeah. So... We had two types of assessment in this lesson. We had the group work, which if we had a bit more time, we'd actually have them like write a full paragraph. Um, so that would kind of be able to read that and see where they're at in a more like extensive way. Um, and then we also had the objective check-in, thumbs up, thumbs down. And again, if we had more time, we'd do something more extensive with that. So we tried to kind of scaffold it um, with like knowledge, understanding, and then this would be the application process, the writing it together and working together. So that group work would... Um, assess their understanding on the application level, and then the thumbs up, thumbs down check-in would assess their understanding and knowledge mm -hmm. level for like the first three levels of Bloom's taxonomy. And then, but if the lesson were a bit longer, we would definitely have them do a more extensive individual check-in. So like an exit ticket to assess their understanding and knowledge, right. and then a individual application piece where they write their own paragraph using point of view. Yeah, and I think that hits really well with 3.1 as far as assessments and how you understand the strengths and limitations, why you do what you do and things like that. Um, as much as we'd like to talk about this, um, we're running a little short on time. So we'd like to open this time for any questions that the audience may have, just about what we've talked about, what we've done, um, how you use strategies in your classrooms, um, what you'd like to see done in future classrooms, things like that, or research you've encountered. Any questions that the audience may have? Cool. Love you guys. <laughs> um, okay. Well, since there are no questions, um, this is. Oh, okay. There's another. Okay. Um, uh, so you guys talked about how certain like performance or project-based assessments um, can be very subjective to grade because it is all based on the teacher and what they think. And you also mentioned how it should be based off of criteria. How do you think the teacher should go about? figuring out what criteria is important to them to then assess their students on? I, oh, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think for us it should be, be based mostly on the standards that we're trying to follow. So, you know, our criteria is going to be the English content standards. And so at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to assess. You know, if the standard is our students can use metaphor and simile 
um, and understand the difference between the two, that's going to be what I'm focusing my assessment on more than anything else. I think it also depends on how you differentiate, accommodate, yeah. modify a lesson, and how that specific student brings a product to you versus everyone else, or if they're a struggling student versus ELL, or a right. student, things like that, that they have different requirements, I right. think. Their the own personal goals. Right, their own personal goals, they have their own criteria that a teacher can assess. Yeah, and I think honestly going through like Bloom's taxonomy and seeing how those levels of learning sort of address how well the student has grasped the concept is also super important. Yeah, definitely. So and any last questions? Yeah. yeah. And speak up. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the unexpected problems that came up while you were the unexpected problem on this specific podcast or just our podcasts in general uh we like to go on tangents yeah and, we do. and laugh and sometimes people will laugh right as we start podcasting yeah. <laughs> and so we have to redo it all over yeah. but it makes for a great blooper reel so um kind of going along that on a more serious note um the tangents as far as we kind of go on and on about what we do as teachers and what we've learned in our classroom that might not necessarily relate to what we're talking about specifically as far as the standards that we're hitting. So I think honing in specifically and being more concise in what we say and how we say it, relating it to the standards has been pretty difficult for us. Other podcasts are really fun. Yeah, so that makes up for it. And we also include ASMR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, right. any uh, the other second one was the ASMR, was that Mark? No, 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 it's always Kevin. It's always just, except for Mark did the Mark, the son of Mark. The, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was, awesome. that was Mark. That yeah. Was me, yeah. Um, any other questions? Cool. Well, this ends our final podcast. We will maybe continue. We will maybe not. Follow us to find out on Spotify. On Spotify. We're yeah. on Spotify apparently. Yeah, we are. Lit Club. Lit Club. Type in Lit Club. I think it's under your name. Yes. Let me on Amanda Page. Okay. Bye. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.